0: Welcome back to Behind the Cage, guys. Today I have a guest named Dawson Bruneski. He was a freshman this year up at Maine. We became close friends this year, um, mostly due to our bond over being fans of the UFC. Obviously, me and Ed talk a lot about it. and uh, Bruno actually trains MMA over the summers as well as hockey, which this podcast being called Behind the Cage, I like to dive into what athletes or hockey players do beyond hockey because I think we're... There's a lot more to us than just what meets the eye. And uh so we'll definitely dive into that and we'll also give a little background of his hockey story and how he managed to become a division one player. So I'll bring Bruno on now. Bruno, what's going on, brother? On? How's uh how's the quarantine going? That's the that's the classic question right now.
1: Been all right. Like my area, I'm not sure about your, you guys yet, but my area is starting to slowly open up and able to go to restaurants with limited capacity and I'm actually able to get out golfing, which is nice. So the restraints are starting to get a little bit lifted, but it's definitely more normal than it was.
0: That's, uh, that's unreal. Yeah, it's a little bit shittier here still, I guess, you could say. But uh, yeah, what have you, have you been working out at gyms? Are your gyms open?
1: Gyms are not open yet. No, I thankfully, I have a, a pretty nice gym, pretty nice setup downstairs in my, in my basement. I have a bunch of dumbbells and, and free weights, stuff like that. I have a bench press rack, so I've been able to, uh, to get most of my work out, my lifts and just at my house here. And then I uh, also started training again with my, my mixed martial arts uh, coach as well.
0: Oh, so, you, so you've been able to get in the MMA gym?
1: Well, I haven't been going to that gym just because... Oh. Rash- fully lifted on that yet, but he um he reached out to me and said, Hey, like, would you be comfortable if I come out to your place, I can bring some mats, I'll bring one of my students and you guys can roll and that kind of stuff. Everyone's healthy, so it was Oh, that's that's unreal then. That's sweet.
0: It's it oh fuck. I was gonna so that's cool. I wanna definitely shit I'm blocking. I don't want to definitely talk about um the mma but i i was thinking back to when i first found out who you were it was because of red and the uh our coach red was uh talking to me about like the incoming freshman last year and for some reason he likes to do this thing like the year prior lindy was coming in and obviously lindy's jacked as fuck and, and uh he comes up to me he's like i have a guy who can maybe outlift you. He's gonna outlift you in the gym. I'm like, that's awesome. I hope so. And then this past year, when you're coming in, he comes up to me and he's like, "Hey, just so you know, one of the freshmen can kick your ass." He does MMA. I'm like, all right, bro. <laughs> thank you for thank you for letting me know that, Coach.
1: Yeah, it was one of the first conversations I had with him down there was yeah, Pat Shea. You- <laughs> on you know, his bad side because the guy's boxed, he can he can probably handle himself against you i was like oh, okay <laughs> you said that i knew you and i were gonna hit it off because we're both so big into that boxing and mixed martial arts and all that stuff so i knew that you and i would just click immediately
0: yeah definitely i, I figured as much when he told me that i was excited to just have because obviously i'm a like a diehard ufc fan so i was excited to have someone else to watch the fights with and stuff and just chat about it so it was fun
1: it was so nice this last year that like you and then trails as well were super big years prior like on teams before none of the none of my teammates were really huge into it so i would just have them over but they're not really big into it but it was it was a lot of fun watching the fights with you and breaking down fights with you and giving our opinions on who's gonna win and that kind of stuff yeah
0: makes it way better we we pretend to be joe rogan in the gang so <laughs> that's exactly. always good
1: I'm being like joe but far from it
0: yeah we're not quite as uh as an expert as joe is considering his whole life has been just a passion to that but that go. yeah but before we dive deeper into the the mma i want to talk about your hockey journey a little bit so um first just kind of start off like why why'd you start playing hockey where did you start playing uh, like what level were you kind of ahead of the pack at a young age or did you find yourself behind a little just kind of go into that a little so I remember when I was
1: little like really little I went up to my dad my dad played hockey growing up he was always watching it I was watching with him when I was little I was pretty hooked on it I kind of had a stick in my hand since I was Pretty much since I was born, but um I went up to my dad and I said, Hey dad, I'd really like to start playing hockey. And I don't know how old I was, I was very young, all the way back in like Timbits. So yeah. yeah, I just started off and all the way up until Adam first year, I played House League. And Adam first year I ended up making, or sorry, all the way up till novice second year I played house league. I ended up making the rep novice team. And then after that, I played rep all the way up until I was 15. And just in my hometown of Camrose, I had played my minor hockey there. And um, so I was a Ford my whole life growing up. And when I was 15 years old, I came off two kind of rough years of Bantam. Didn't get a whole lot of opportunity. Wasn't getting talked to by any WHL teams because like the whole Bantam draft was kind of the be all end all that that year. But didn't get, didn't talk to many teams, didn't get drafted. So I said to myself, told my parents that I didn't want to go try out for the midget major team in Sherwood Park. Camrose didn't have a midget major team. So all they had was a midget minor team. I just told, so told my parents that I just think I need a year to get my confidence back. And honestly, it was probably the best thing for me. I had a great year in midget, my my uh, midget minor year and put up quite a few numbers and started getting talked to by some AJHL teams. And then, uh, so after that year, I went to the White Court Wolverines uh, spring camp going into my 16-year-old year year, and had an unbelievable camp. Ended up signing a roster spot with them out of spring camp and then played my 16-year-old year year in White Court in Alberta Junior Hockey League. My 17-year-old year in White Court got traded to Drumheller. And at the time, I was really hesitant hold on you broke
0: you broke up quick there one sec so you said uh you're really
1: hesitant the drum heller yeah
0: okay so
1: yeah i was really hesitant on going to drum heller just i knew a couple guys on the team but i knew if i if i were to get traded from white court it would want to be to my hometown and play for the cameras kodiaks it was always kind of a dream play there but i knew i had to go there and at least try it out and I started off the year getting a lot of opportunity, more than I got my first two years. Didn't get a whole lot of opportunity my 16th, 17th, year. I played more of a checking role, kind of a in-your-face guy, go out there and piss people off. But so I started to get some more opportunity and some power play time and that kind of stuff. And around November, we ran into a lot of injury problems on the back end. And I was playing D on the power play. And my coach had said to me, hey, Bruno, can you play some D for us until the injuries get back? And at the time, I was like, I really don't want to. Like, I'm starting to have some some success with my points. But obviously, I'll do whatever the team needs me to do. So, yeah, I'll play some D for us. And played D all the way up until Christmas, from November to Christmas uh, break. And my coach had asked me at Christmas break if I would consider sticking the rest of the season as a defenseman because they really liked me on the back end and thought I could actually go somewhere. Um, Yeah playing defense so you know what might as well stick it out and play the rest of the season at least as the defense finish out the season started getting talked to by a few college teams
0: before we dive into the college part um you talked briefly about how you decided to stay i believe in midget minor instead of going to midget major to build up your confidence and uh do you think that helped you grow as a player staying at like the lower level
1: totally years in bantam i um didn't get really any opportunity and uh played more of a checking role it's kind of like i did early on in my junior career but that year in midget i ended up putting up some pretty good numbers i think i was second on my team in points uh up there in the league for points so definitely playing that lower level and getting that opportunity and just building my confidence up. Only I think if I went of, I think if I would have went and played uh, major midget, I wouldn't have been where I am today because I don't think I would have gotten the like the opportunity and all the AJHL teams that were uh, interested in me talking to me. So
0: yeah, I I agree with that too because like um, around here the like the big decision a lot is to stay like high school or stay prep school or instead of going to junior right away and I ended up staying like I had stayed up uh, public school for a few years and uh, ended up staying in prep school versus going to the USHL and I personally believe like if you know that you're going to play every situation on a team you're going to grow way more than going somewhere and then potentially not even playing, even though it's a higher level, if you're not really getting minutes, you're not going to develop as much, I I think. And I think you experienced that too.
1: Totally. Like if, if I would have went and played major midget, just by my past success, I don't think I would have got the opportunity, like the same opportunity as I got playing minor midget. Like minor midget, I was getting power play time. I was a key player on the team. And I don't know if I would have been that, a key player playing major midget that year. I think that was... Definitely best for my development, and plus, I'm kind of a. I hit puberty late. Like mm. my first, second year, Bantam, I was like five three. Yeah, five five one my first year, five three. My second year, then my first <laughs> year mid, I was five eight. So I hit my first growth spurt. So I think that it really benefited me playing at a lower level, not quite the highest level.
0: Dude, yeah, I, I can relate to that, and I think a lot of kids out there, man, can relate to blooming late or because uh, they'll see their teammates and they'll be, or friends who are huge already and they're able to play at the higher level and have success, so you'll want to do what they're doing, but you kind of gotta, it sucks in the moment, but you kind of have to make sure you're, take your time developing because you're, you need time to grow, and then when you dominate that level and become the best there, then you can catch up to them, and you will catch up when you grow because the friggin level of growth when you're going through puberty is crazy.
1: Yeah. I think it like everyone is so concerned about like, especially being a young hockey player. I remember I always wanted that jacket, right? Like that, uh, top level, that midget trip, or that, uh, to that Adam AA, that, that big time jacket just to say like you're on the team. But I don't think that needs to really be the case. Like some, for some people, yes, you can, if you're an earlier developer or, if you are good enough at the time go play that high level go challenge yourself but if you're not if you're a late bloomer you're not quite there yet you're not going to get the same amount of opportunities you would playing at a lower level i feel like the lower level is the way to go
0: yeah definitely if if for sure and you just become the best there before moving on and it's just like some people have a slower path due to unfortunately when you're growing and hitting puberty which just kind of got to roll with but you'll catch up eventually and i i'm I'm, i like that that happened it's a little bit of
1: adversity to show for sure it's kind of yeah it's kind of like so like the up-and-coming fighters you would know this like there is like sean o'malley like they're just kind of kind of feed him some some fighters get some hype behind them let them develop a little bit more and then once he's ready face a, a higher contender right Mm-hmm. So you don't always want to jump right in. It's like a guy like Darren Till jumped into the title yeah. shot. Two start got
0: cracked. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so you were a forward up until your last year of junior? Is that what you said?
1: Yeah, so I played D. Yeah, I was forward up until my second last year, halfway through the season of junior. In my 18-year-old year, about November, I switched to D and just ended up playing D for – the rest of that season and then i ended up committing to maine i came up on a on a visit in like february and i ended up committing uh, later that week in february random there's a question
0: do you think if you hadn't switched to d do you think you could have made it division one as a forward
1: i don't know i'm not i i couldn't tell you i didn't have a whole lot of interest as a forward like like i said my first few years i was more like even my 16 year old year i I led or I was second on my team in penalty minutes. I played 32 out of 60 games and I had 130 penalty minutes or something (laughs) like that. So I just went out there, ran around, hammered everything, just tried getting under people's skin, aggravating people. And I was kind of the same role my second year. So that kind of role isn't... Like obviously, every there's room for those kind of players on every team, and everyone needs those kind of players. But just with my size and my stature, I don't know if being a forward and playing that role, if I would have made it to the NCAA level.
0: Yeah, it's interesting how that kind of works. Because then you almost became, a, you became a higher level offensive defenseman the next year.
1: Yeah, yeah, I. Well, like I said, I I missed a lot of the season. I tore my MCL early in the season. Yeah. So I over six weeks, and then I came back, and I started getting some groin issues throughout that year. So I didn't play a whole bunch. But when when I played, I would consider myself as kind of a two-way defenseman, hard to play against on the defensive side. But in that AJ level, I was able to jump up to the rush and had good offense and things, played power play and stuff like that. So getting a lot more opportunity as a defenseman.
0: Yeah it's funny it was like it was just kind of meant to happen that way. I uh I've seen that before with uh the dude on Northeastern Ryan Shay. He uh he was a forward his whole life until he was like 14 and got switched to D and I, at the time he was kind of pissed about it. But he ended up getting so much so much college interest when he became a D versus the like interest that he would be getting as a forward. It's funny that how it works that way sometimes.
1: Yeah, and I think back like if if I I was highly considering requesting a trade like when I got traded to drum, 'cause I my heart was like set on cameras, like I wanted to play in my hometown, live at home, that kind of stuff. But if I look back and think like if I would have came to cameras, I probably wouldn't have played D, and I definitely wouldn't be where I am today playing. At the University of Maine, that's for sure, in my opinion, at least.
0: Yeah, that's that's cool. That's funny how it worked out like that. Um, as a kid from Canada, though, um, typically a lot of the kids will want to play in the CHL. Did you have a dream of playing in the CHL growing up?
1: Little bit. Um, I actually, when I after my first year of after my sixteen year old year playing in white court, I was kind of known as a feisty player and that kind of stuff and I actually started to gain some interest from some WHL teams but I knew if I were to go to the dub that my role would probably be a fourth liner a checker a guy that went out there and had to fight and that kind of stuff and I I wanted to be more than just that kind of player and so I just stuck to stuck to my roots in the AJ
0: I I feel that. So at that point when you stuck to the AJ obviously your your plan was to play college in
1: the US. Yeah. yeah, it was always a goal of mine to okay. to make it to commit to a school and get a scholarship, get education out of things.
0: And then you have four or yeah, like four more years potentially of development versus like how old are you now? You're 20 now, 21? 21. 21 yeah so you would have already been done with playing in the whl so you would have been to trying to figure out where you're going next and stuff so kind of works out like that
1: yeah for sure and i was more set on the dub when i was in bantam because the bantam draft was like the be all end all right like, i got to yeah. every kid every, every kid wanted to get drafted and that kind of stuff so my mind was more set on dub back then but as i got older i knew that an education was extremely important and like if i got to play ncaa division one hockey somewhere that was any kid's dream right
0: yeah yeah i forgot that's right you are you are a big school guy though huh
1: (laughs) i never used to be i never used to be i surprised myself this last year with my grades
0: we had the one class together uh mav obviously and uh (laughs) i was surprised to see Cause it's kind of a casual class and you were you ripping those reflections out left and right.
1: You <laughs> know, Ed, every week.
0: Yeah. I, I, me and Ed did them all the final two days and you were fucking <laughs> busting them out. I know Ed was,
1: Ed was reaching out to me. He's like, Hey man, like, I don't know how I'm going to finish all of these. I'm like, Dude, I, I don't know. I, I got them done on time. Like, yeah. I just I would be too stressed. I'm the kind of guy where if I get an assign if I get an assignment handed to me, I need to get it done. I can't wait till last minute to hand it in. Otherwise, I just get way too stressed about things.
0: And there's nothing wrong with that. That's probably the better way to do it. I I was I spent a full probably day completely dedicated to that, and that sucks doing that. So I mean. and they were hard. Like they're
1: 500 words. Like you had to come up yeah. with some stuff.
0: You had to really bullshit your way through
1: it. That's me. What I did, you kind of just got to BS your way through. Speaking of
0: school in Maine and stuff, you you did make your way to Maine. Obviously, you said they uh, recruited you. Your in the past year of um, junior, and you came in. What was your experience like? Your first, your freshman year
1: this year. What are your thoughts? It's fantastic. Like the guys, like couldn't have had a better group of guys. For my first year of college and the whole school side of things and college life is it was a lot of fun had a lot of fun this last year uh in terms of hockey like being a freshman I didn't get a whole pile of opportunity but I'm definitely working my ass off this summer to try and get some more opportunity in for this next year but I absolutely loved it like I, I cannot wait to go back next year yeah that
0: that's unreal I- I agree I've had that uh i there's it probably it's gone now, but like looking back like the four years it was it was just a blast and obviously you have three more just enjoy the hell out of that but uh, <clears throat> it's talk talking about um how you saying like yeah as a freshman you came in, you didn't get too much love, which uh a lot of that happens to uh to a lot of kids and you're you kinda seem to Deal with it well. Like you, you seem pretty mentally tough. Like you, you didn't let it ruin your confidence at all. You, you just kept pushing. And I think, I think having that type of attitude and work ethic will end up. You will, you will end up seeing minutes with that. Did you, did you feel like you handled it well like that?
1: I think I did. Um. So I kind of went through the same thing my sixteen year old year where I played thirty out of sixty games, thinking a whole lot of opportunity. Just had to be that guy that worked my bag off day in and day out in practice and in the gym to try and really earn my ice time, my opportunity. So a big, big point of emphasis that the coaches put on me for this upcoming season is they really wanted me to gain some muscle and some size and some mass. So I've been really, really focusing on on that aspect of, of my game, just really trying to gain some size and strength. Just being a smaller defenseman, a smaller, like height wise defenseman. I'm only well, 5'11, but yeah. um, so I gotta be a little bit stronger and be able to handle myself in the corners against guys like you and trails, like the boys, right? It's bulking season now. Right, exactly.
0: Which obviously has been kind of a struggle too, because with the gyms not being open, but I mean you'll find a way. You've been you've been grinding, I'm assuming.
1: Oh yeah. Like I said, I got a I got a whole bunch I got dumbbells all the way up to like 75 pounds down there. I got a bench press machine so i've been able to
0: really hasn't affected yeah. me too
1: much. i've been able to be lifting every single day and
0: you've been gaining gaining a lot of strength
1: a pile of strength i oh yeah i've been real like i've been not really doing so much hockey specific training right now i'm going to transition that later june but right now my main goal is Until that point, just gain as much muscle and size as I can, just try and get as strong as I can before I transition to the hockey specifics.
0: I think that's smart. Um, I kind of break my summer into like three phases. There's the first part of summer, like the last couple months or so. And right now, it's kind of just regain strength and gain more strength in that area. And then, like, the second phase, which I'm getting into now, you start really working on your speed and explosiveness again, mixed with the strength gaining. And then the end is a lot more of just the explosiveness and speed stuff. I think that works pretty well.
1: Yeah, totally. I, I'm going to start my transition over to like that kind of phase here soon, but I just want like a little extra time to, cause that was like a main point of emphasis was my strength. I needed to get stronger. So I've just, completely changed my workout program and routine to trying to bulk up and get big girls for that. the girls yeah exactly a lot
0: of it is literally you're just bodybuilding it's it's, it's beach body work kind of
1: kinda. kinda yeah.
0: hell yeah i i love that shit that's the funnest i think that's the best
1: well there's nothing like just going and ripping a little beach body you feel so good after
0: i know i know actually um I was going to say for my point of view as like a senior with you guys coming in, I don't, obviously this was your first experience on the team, but as a whole dude, like this year was probably, fuck I'm cutting. This year was probably like the best closest team that we had in my four years. And I think, I don't know if it <clears throat> probably had a lot to do. Cause you guys had 10 guys come in and the, I think the way that we all, had the relationships before with the guys returning, but the way that we all just, for some, whatever reason, with the freshmen, we all became such good friends. And I was talking about with Quinny, how we could go around at the party and like talk to anyone. We had a relationship with like every single guy, which I thought was really cool.
1: Totally. And a big part of that was, was you guys, like guys, like trails. And I was a bunch of you guys that reached out to, myself and I'm sure the other freshmen that came in and really just welcomed us. Like that was a very big part of it is just knowing that you guys weren't going to kind of like exclude us from stuff just since we're freshmen, you guys just brought us right in and just, it was fantastic. And that was a big part of, I think why our team was so close is just cause everyone's so genuine and, and nice. And I opening. think, yeah,
0: I, I think that's huge. And it's obviously played a, i think it played a big role in why we had success this year as a team so now that we've kind of gone over your hockey story i want to dive into now because i did market this as how you were a hockey player and an mma fighter um how old like how you were you MMA. what's that
1: i like how you say mma fighter i yeah i'm not actually like remember actually like fought in a competition, but I know I knew what you meant.
0: Yeah, yeah, but we're gonna are gonna market it like that.
1: <laughs> I like it. I like a little clickbait.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, future <laughs> yeah. future UFC fighter. Yeah, future UFC fighter, watch <laughs> and and NHL player. All yeah, in NHL. one. He's gonna, yeah. he's gonna be playing the NHL in the winter, UFC in the summer. It's gonna be crazy. I would be the
1: old Jackson of hockey and MMA. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, I want to talk about why, uh, when you started and what made you start training mixed martial arts.
1: So I'm going into my fifth year now of training it. And for as long as I can remember, I've been just a massive fan of MMA and the UFC. And I just have always like when I was younger, I always wanted to like learn how to defend myself and just really understand what those guys are doing in there. So um, there was never a coach or MMA trainer in my hometown until five years ago. My mom uh, caught wind that there was a new MMA trainer in my hometown. It was just a no brainer. I was like, I got to go train this. So the last five years I've been working with him and it's been a lot of fun. I've been learning a lot.
0: I think that's so cool. I've always wanted to do it. I've never uh, seemed to have or find the time to do it, but I think – it's just so cool to like you know not that you're you're going out looking to like fight people in the street, but like if you ever find yourself in a situation where someone's coming at you and stuff, you know how to defend yourself
1: totally I think and that's-, that's a that's a big reason why I did it just so I'm confident in myself and I'm able to defend myself, and my loved ones and my friends, that kind of thing, but also if anything, it's kind of humbled me because like. For for example, my MMA trainer, he's like ridiculous. He's a uh, purple belt in jujitsu. He's working towards his black belt. He's competed in Thailand in professional uh, Muay Thai fights. And he's 5'6", five, 5'7", five, 155 pounds. If he wanted to, and he if we were like ever getting into altercation, like he would seriously, oh wait, unstable. Yeah you're back now you cut out for like a quick second okay i'll just kind of pick up where it was um just knowing that there's a there's guys out there that are smaller than you like for example he's five yeah like i say he's like five seven hundred fifty five pounds but if he were if we were to get into an altercation he would completely like have his way with me and i would have yeah. been pretty much drowning i have no idea because he's just that skilled and like just knows what he's doing, right? Like it, it's pretty cool. It kind of humbles you. So you don't, because you never know who, yeah, like who trains it and stuff. So try to avoid confrontation definitely at all costs. But
0: yeah, man, because you see these UFC fighters and even some of the champions. I mean, if you saw McGregor and you didn't know who he was, he's just this little shit. And you would never, never think that that dude would put you on your ass in seconds. It's kind oh, of, oh man.
1: Scary, right? Yeah. Like, and got Demetrius Johnson, who's five three, hundred and twenty five pounds, but could beat up ninety percent of the population. It's it's pretty crazy. It, it that's why I find kind of find it so fascinating because that little guy, like it, it, there was always that stigma, like David versus Goliath, like Goliath would always win. But like yeah. nowadays, it's like guys are so skilled and so good and so technical that they can handle themselves no matter what size you are
0: yeah it i think it's a lesson to a lot of people to to not go out just looking and picking fights because
1: you don't know totally like yeah i'm very confident in my ability to defend myself but i would never i'm terrified and i would never like go out and try and start something yeah it was not who i am and plus like like i said just learning it really humbles a person because you know there are people out there like that could just do whatever they want to you, really right yeah absolutely
0: what's uh what's your favorite part uh favorite art i should say of them all F- favorite skill to learn
1: so for the past four years i've been really focusing on like the striking aspect I haven't really done a whole bunch of, we've done a little bit of grappling and jits and stuff but I told him this summer, I really want to focus heavy on my grappling and my jits. So that's all we've been really training the past few weeks. And it's, I think it's probably my favorite part. Yeah. My favorite, like it's absolutely crazy. Like, there's just so much stuff you can learn. It's just endless and everything's just so technical and like, pers- you have to be so precise with everything. It's, I definitely think my, my new favorite part is the, uh, the grappling aspect. It used to be striking, but yeah. I think the grappling aspect I've kind of fallen in love with lately.
0: That's unreal. And you think you've just in the last like month or so, you've come a long way.
1: Like a long way. I haven't really, cause we haven't really trained, um, just specifically grappling and jits and wrestling, yeah. Like strictly, I t- then I told him I, I'm I really just want to emphasize my grappling this summer and just be really confident in my grappling. So, I've I feel like I've improved quite a bit in in the past couple months. Or the past That's, month that we've
0: training, I get it, dude. I get to get out there and, and visit and train with a with you and your trainer, dude. Totally, I want to like, learn.
1: Anyway. <laughs> It'd be so much fun to have you out.
0: Hell yeah! Maybe like when everything's reopening more in like a like a month or so or something. Like maybe I could just pop out. Who knows,
1: dude? Totally, I would love that. Love to have you out here. It's That'd a be a lot lot of fun.
0: And then I then when I go back to May next year, we can just beat up Ed together and just show him what's up a little bit. Let's tag team him. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> show him what we've learned. Yeah, hell yeah! So, um, so, obviously, UFC right now has been. Kind of like the only sport, uh, I think actually probably is the only sport that's been still happening. Um, What are your thoughts on the previous couple cards? I know like Woodley kind of got his ass kicked, and then prior to that, Gaethje and Ferguson. What were your thoughts on those?
1: That Gilbert Burns is a problem, man. He is – I'm a big Kamaru Usman fan, but I think that's going to be – like Usman's going to have his hands full in that fight. Like that Gilbert Burns, he is a problem. I was very impressed with him. Get, then that Gaethje Khabib fight, like after seeing what Gaethje did to Ferguson, I think that I think Gaethje's going to beat Khabib. I yeah. think he'll be the first one to uh <laughs> lost the record. I think it's going to be one-sided too. Really? I think it's going to be complete domination. Fuck. My opinion cuz well, if you look at it, Khabib doesn't have a very high success rate at taking guys down if they're not against the fence. Mm-hmm. And are you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Okay, perfect. I thought I cut out. Um, yeah, like I said, Khabib doesn't have a very good success rate at taking guys down in the center of the octagon, and he has to push guys against the fence, but I don't see Gaethje taking one step back, especially after listening to the podcast with him and Whitman on Rogan. He knows yeah. that he can't take that step back. Right? It'll be interesting.
0: Dude, I mean, I I've been watching... Gagey for a bit and I always had a feeling like that he may be a tough matchup for Khabib just because his wrestling background like will it be hard for Khabib to take him down but also the striker that he's become man because obviously he doesn't use his wrestling but I didn't think it was high level enough to just bury fucking Tony I was baffled by that
1: oh dude he is ridiculous like his footwork was so much fun to watch and he's always so balanced and sets himself up to like throw power shots like everything he throws is like with bad intentions and his gas tank too man he didn't throw that's phony that
0: shocked me i thought he was gonna come out flying and if he didn't catch him in the first round or so then he was just that was it for him i thought (laughs) but he just kept rolling man it was ridiculous. It was a great fight to watch. It was that was probably most exciting fight in recent memory that I can think of. That was that was unbelievable. Tony's face was just mush.
1: I didn't think he was going to do that to Tony, that's for sure. Usually it's the other way around with Tony and his opponents. Yeah, dude. and he
0: was, he was burying him and Tony just wouldn't go down. Since when does he have a chin like that, man?
1: Right, like I thought that Tony totally didn't have a great chin because no, I didn't on, either. Previous fights, but he took some bomb.
0: <laughs> that was insane. That was very exciting. Um, Gilbert Burns, I uh, man, I had no clue really even who he was going into this this past weekend, and he just absolutely destroyed people. Or Woodley, sorry, I, I thought Woodley was just going to starch him, and that did not happen.
1: Yeah, because uh, Burns like he's fought some good guys. Like his, I think his last time was Damian Maia, and he starched him with a I think it was a left hook. But um, I definitely didn't expect that from Gilbert Burns. I I thought it was going to be all Woodley. But then I also listened to an interview with uh, Kamaru Usman. He was talking about the Burns Woodley matchup, and Usman was saying if the right Tyron doesn't show up, it's going to be a long night mm-hmm. for him. So that kind of made me transition a little bit over to Burns, but I was still like Team Woodley that whole way. Did you think
0: Woodley, his pop wasn't there? Like, his big power and speed that's typically there? I just, I didn't see his reaction time was even off a little, like, defensively. And shit, it just looked off.
1: Yeah. Well, um, Josh Thompson made a good point. I think I sent you the video. uh, How he said, like, Woodley leading up to the fight was saying how he's in great shape and he had 15 months or whatever it was off and he was super confident coming to the fight and yeah like if if you're confident coming to the fight but no one expects to get clipped and dropped 30 seconds into the fight like Woodley did right and that kind That's of true. I feel changed the and he got cut bad right like Gilbert yeah. you know, sliced him open with a elbow and just dominated that first round that first round was like a 10-8 round it was brutal and I don't know, Woodley just couldn't seem to get going after that.
0: Yeah, I get I guess that is the way to look at it, that he came out right away and just got dropped. So it, like his whole probably energy level was off after that too and like ability to snap it off probably. Totally. For sure. Which yeah. But yeah, man, I'm excited to see if I, I think Masvidal deserves to have the fight first, but I am excited to see Burns start fighting some of those bigger guys. Maybe Covington first. I think that could be mm-hmm. fun yeah that, that'd be, that'd a be fight. very interesting because uh the pace covington brings and stuff it would also give a little hint into how he would match up against uh uh kamaru usman if if he won that so
1: totally, i think yeah. what they should do i think they should get maz the the title fight because he deserves it with the guys that he's beaten and how sensational he's been performing yeah but he's been killing I'd like to see Bird fight uh fight a guy like Covington with that high yeah. pace. I like how what Usman would look like for him.
0: The the only problem is right now everyone thinks in that division thinks they're worth more money than they are. So they're not making any moves right now. Like Masvidal's waiting for this big paycheck so he's like, oh never mind. I want to fight Diaz, all this shit now. Now Usman wants to fight McGregor so he can get paid more and shit, dude. He's fucking
1: I do not want to see that Usman regret. Uh, like
0: that, that kind of scares me. I it
1: terrifies me.
0: The only thing is that Usman is talking. He's like, yeah, we'll stand for the first couple. That's a bad idea. But I think once he he sees himself getting cracked in the face, because McGregor's boxing is way better than him, I think he'll immediately just take him down after. He'll be like, no, this is bad. Bad idea. I'm not going to strike with him. (laughs)
1: 100%. And he even said that he's willing to put in the contract to stand for those two rounds. That's a dumb idea. Because those first two rounds of Connor are very explosive and very dangerous. Like Usman is powerful, but dude, his boxing
0: speed and just smoothness is not not anywhere near McGregor. So that that could end up being inter- more interesting <laughs> than it kind of seems. But who knows?
1: I totally agree, especially if they stand for the first two.
0: Yeah, exactly. So uh this weekend I want some I want some predictions. Uh the card this weekend, it's kind of it's not so much uh too many stars per se on the on the card, but you said personally you're pretty excited. There's some exciting fights. Which ones are you excited
1: for? Uh that Chase Hooper. I'm excited about him. He's a Yeah, Askren's son. Yeah, Askren's son. <laughs> One of those guys that you would never know that he could destroy like ninety percent of the population, but yeah, yeah. I'm a for him. I like uh, obviously Sean O'Malley, our boy. Sugar yeah, Sean. I, I love that dude. I think he's gonna be the champ. I think by this time next year, he'll probably be the champ.
0: He he looks really good lately. Like his Blossom. last fight, well, he had the long break and he came back better.
1: He he looked really good.
0: Yeah, he, I think exciting. that long break
1: obviously benefited him. Like he came back, he looked good. Like his, he's gained a lot of size and muscle, mm. and he's quick,
0: man. He's in and out quick. I'm excited to see what, what he does.
1: That'll be fun. He's awesome. I'm excited for Cody. Even though Cody's coming off three losses, I think he's going to be the Sun Tzu. I don't think he's going to get caught into that firefight that he normally has been getting caught into.
0: Is it three in a row that he's lost? His only three UFC losses?
1: Yeah. Dillashaw twice. And then. Yeah, you're, you're right. Guy.
0: Dude, I don't know what his deal is. Like he. You saw him fight. Um, a blank. cruise and he so that was incredible he took his time patient with it and um the last fight he was doing the same thing and then he just decides you know what fuck it i'm just gonna drop my hands and start throwing and leave my chin open and get cracked <laughs> it's like he gets mad and loses his temper or something Not yeah good. his last
1: fight that's happened yeah. he said he just he's red and when he gets mad and can't do that against these world-class guys because you're gonna get oh, caught every time right
0: right on the chin yeah it's it's and his yeah it's stupid i hope i'm curious to see how he looks i think he, hopefully he would learn from that
1: i heard he's uh been focusing on his like his wrestling because he does come from a wrestling background so really i'm kind of excited to see if he uses his wrestling those happy hands but
0: yeah, that would be interesting. I didn't even realize he came from a wrestling background because he's such a good boxer.
1: Yeah, he's a very good wrestler too, defensive wrestler at least. I don't know about offensive, but yeah, I'm pretty sure he comes from a wrestling background. And then, Ultimate uh, Sterling, excited about him. Okay, good up.
0: Yeah, that that should be exciting. Also, dude, I didn't realize Neil Magny. Although he's he's not considered top. Uh, tier really in that division he he did have some big wins like condit and gaslin i was looking at that today i didn't
1: even realize that
0: he beat gaslin as well yeah earlier which is very interesting yeah
1: i'll be excited to see him then too
0: yeah i don't so i don't know i get but he's kind of he's off and on like he has seven losses but it's that that could be interesting you know but uh let's get i want you to give your um fight pick for the main card the five the five fights in the main card here so we got o'malley in wine wineland wineland who who do you have
1: sugar sean baby sugar sean
0: all day oh yeah <laughs> and then uh magny neil magny versus anthony Rocco martin
1: i'm not too familiar with his opponent so i i can't really give a prediction i'll go i'll go with neil magny i know him better Hell yeah and sterling sandhagen I think Aljamain, I watched his recent, I don't know if you've watched it, but his recent fight that they posted on YouTube, he's got an awkward style, and he gets hit, but I don't know. He seems like he's he's pretty good. I, I'm leaning towards uh, Aljamain.
0: That's it. That's interesting. They both have very good records, so that should be a good tilt. And then uh, Garbrandt's fight against, these names are fucking tough to pronounce, Asun <laughs> Kaiko
1: Yeah, who do you have there? a so um a he's a little bit older I, I think cody's gonna win i think cody will come back big I'm, I'm excited for him i'm a big cody fan so i hope he wins at least
0: i'm with that and then for the main event a couple women we got nunez versus spencer which i haven't seen spencer fight but eight and one
1: she, uh I watched her fight live when I went to the, the UFC, came to Edmonton, when it was Holloway and Edgar, they fought. And mm-hmm. she fought Cyborg on that card, and it was Ooh. one of the best women fights I have ever seen in my entire life. She is a warrior, man. It, it could get interesting. You put up a good fight against uh, Cyborg. She, she, she did.
0: Sid- okay. All right, that would be interesting. Dude, Nunez – is scary because like she has some hands man but like that last fight the the girl was actually out striking her so she turns out comes from a little grappling background as well
1: <laughs> so yeah, she, she she's to.
0: tough to beat very very tough very to
1: beat. I mean, Amanda's terrifying I would, I would I'm picking Amanda even though okay. the other girl's Canadian but I have to go yeah. with Amanda
0: it's hard she's hard to bet against at this point because of the role she's been on yeah. Yeah, cool. So, uh, got that. Now I uh, <clears throat> I put up a and A on the behind the cage Instagram account. So I'm gonna roll through a, a few of those questions before we before we wrap up here. So we went through uh, some of the um, qu- like questions just naturally. So we have a question from Tobin Lambo, and he says what is it harder to train for hockey or MMA? And I'm going to add to this question and say, how do you balance out the two in the summer?
1: So, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely different because you're using different muscle groups. Like, so you can be in really good hockey shape and, or for my experience, at least I'll be in really good hockey shape, like cardio wise and all that stuff, but then I'll go spar two or three, five minute rounds. And it's just like, no other thing you've ever felt it's just exhausting so I feel like hot or um MMA is more full body because you're using every muscle group in there you're throwing kicks you're grappling you're punches elbows all that stuff um balancing it I think it's more of me kind of escaping the hockey training in that aspect and it's nice for me to like be able to train something different and kind of cross train you know just kind of get my yeah. mind away from hockey specific and go over to something else that i really love and enjoy
0: yeah i think that's cool i and a big part of like the name of this podcast is behind the cage is kind of like what athletes and hockey players do beyond hockey so i like to showcase it and it, it you doing mma like you just said it kind of works as an escape and which I'm assuming is very helpful to get your mind because you can't just be doing hockey 24 seven. It would become a lot, you know? So it's something, something else that you can do as an escape. Totally. Moving on. We got cups 10. He says who would win in an MMA fight? You or me? <laughs> I'll, I'll answer this and I'd go, I'd, I'll go with Bruno, even though I am uh uh, heavier and stronger than him the I'd say technique would, would win here in this situation until I, until I start training, I can't confidently say I could beat a guy who trains for the last five years. So overall,
1: you'd be a serious problem if you started training though with, I said, like, cause I'm, strength.
0: I, 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 I'm, I'm pretty powerful just naturally. So I think I, I do want to try, I got to start learning
1: for sure. You got, yeah. Like you say, you got to come down and we'll get together with my trainer and we'll, yeah. Get some sessions. That'd be a lot of fun. Definitely yeah. do that. Do you golf at all?
0: Yeah. Someone, this same case said, "What's your handicap on the golf course?"
1: Hey, uh I shoot anywhere from uh, mid to high 80s, low 90s. Good so I, I don't know. I don't know my exact handicap. This is the first year I've really taken golf serious. I'm actually trying to go out every morning, but Ooh. with the wind and the weather you've been having lately, it's been kind of hard to get out. But I'm I'm pretty big into golf now, actually.
0: Yeah, I don't even I don't even know what a handicap means. I, I golf very casually and <laughs> for fun, so <clears throat> they, he'll know what it means. Uh, Dylan Podick says, "What's your favorite food?"
1: My Favorite food? Ooh. I would have to say I'm a big fettuccine alfredo guy.
0: Oh, that's big! <laughs> I love that. Why did you pick number twenty two? This question's from Jake Sati. I.
1: Uh- so growing up, I was always number nine for the most part, and but spring hockey because uh, the numbers didn't go up to uh, past I think like twenty or twenty one in winter hockey for my teams we weren't able to choose any higher numbers. But my favorite number is is twenty two. It's kind of always been. I don't know why. I just I just like the way it looks. I guess.
0: Yeah, that, dude, everyone's always asking me that question and stuff. It's such a common question, but it's really so like there's a lot of the time sometimes there's meaning behind the number but a lot of times just like you like the way it looks it's simple yeah. it's simple, I, it's simple I, as uh yeah totally um brian dylan says your favorite team to play against
1: my my favorite like i think the rink that was really cool was northeastern It's just like the history behind it that was probably my favorite like opponent like opposing rink to go to and check out like that one was really cool just how like the celtics back in the day played mm. there It's it's just a lot of history behind it. I think that one is one of my favorites.
0: I didn't even realize that too until this past year. How uh, I think the Bruins play there before the Garden. I think I believe. Yep, which is cool. Milberg's thirty. Who's your favorite MMA fighter?
1: A bunch. Uh, I would probably say uh, Conor McGregor, Usman. Um and tj dillashaw those are my three big oh my, yeah my dude dillashaw he's coming back soon and in, in january my my prediction is o'malley's gonna be the champ by then and dillashaw is gonna come back and fight for the belt against uh o'malley so i'm gonna have a hard o'malley's one of my favorite fighters too so i'm gonna have a hard time picking that one
0: dude that could be a tough fight for dillashaw
1: i think that dillashaw's gonna have his hands full
0: because he's so long and quick that's that's interesting um, how do you think though? Cause allegedly he's always been on EPO. Do you think he looks good when he comes back?
1: We'll have to see. I don't know. That's I interesting
0: is, yeah, he's always had
1: that crazy gas tank.
0: Yeah. Gar, Garbrandt was saying the whole time in their buildups that he was on EPO and test him for EPO. And <laughs> a few fights later he cracks, which is very,
1: that was very ironic actually.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's, that'll be fun to see. Definitely. Um. M. Dan D'Angelo25 he says Gatorade or water?
1: Depending on what I'm doing, if I'm, if I'm really, really th- water guy.
0: Big water guy? Water. Water's a classic. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big water guy as well. A lot. Cheers to water, the sponsor.
1: Hey, I heard you sold out a large in uh, your Shea Hydrated merch. I wanted to get one of the your shirts, but the larges are all sold out. Dude,
0: the larges went very fast. Um, that like I ordered, I want to say twenty larges, and I ordered twenty five medium because on, when I took a poll, there was a bit more medium. But the larges went super fast. I might have to restock. You have any extra larges? I have. Yeah, if you don't. Restock, the the xl sold out as well but i ordered a bit less of those there's only there's one small there's one medium and there's one x uh double xl left that's all i got that's all i got you restock i will i will i might restock the larges for like a limited amount just because how fast they went but uh yeah okay so we got ooh, i don't know how to pronounce we have D. 85 favorite spot to get pizza near you, Oh,
1: oh, hot for sure.
0: It's a classic. Off of grounds, yeah, hell yeah. And it, I mean, it helps that they have a bar, right? <laughs> <The> boys, <laughs> boys can hang out there, so it definitely helps. Uh, M. Dangelo25, what stick specs do you use? Uh,
1: I use a P28 curve. I like the big toe curve and um, flex. I use 75 flex. I might need to move up to uh, 80 this year, though.
0: A little whippy. I like Snap whippy. it off good.
1: Yeah. E. Sullivan,
0: 55. This is the final question we have. Who was your favorite hockey player growing up?
1: I'd probably say Jamie Ben. I just like the way he plays. He's a complete player. He's super skilled, puts up big numbers. Plus, he can fight and plays physical. He's just a complete player. I love that type of player. I, th- I think he's.
0: I think he's the man. That that complete style and guy who's like skill, but also physical. I love that style. That's cool. Awesome. I'm all for that. Kind of like you, a little bit, but I'm smaller. I'm shorter. I should say a little. So I'll have to grow a little, and then I can be Jamie Benn. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the uh, yeah that that wraps up the questions. Kind of wraps up uh, any specific topics that i had planned um off the top of your head is there anything in the past few weeks that you would say is a beef because sometimes i will we'll do beef of the week Is anyone anyone piss you off out there recently
1: mm, let me think about this for a sec <clears throat> maybe just some people on the road when i'm driving it's always a good one yeah i would people say that suck yeah people suck at driving and i've gotten kind of annoyed recently with a couple of people but nothing big
0: yeah well so we'll go with the beef of the week is bad drivers bad this driver. week i uh i actually was a bad driver recently by accident quick
1: oh, typically I
0: typically you, you you're shitting on everyone else and you're complaining about everyone else around you but i Almost turned out when a car was coming the other day, and I was like, "What the fuck am I doing?" <laughs> kind of had to reverse, and there was a guy behind me. Like, why is he reversing? <laughs> and that's the that's always an awkward ass feeling when you have to do that. So
1: we always have our we all have our moments yeah. when it comes to bad driving.
0: Exactly, but it still doesn't give a pass for these bad drivers. Like, fucking no. major beef there.
1: Definitely not.
0: But yeah, uh, any last remarks you want to make? Do you want to say your social media handles I'll put them at the bottom regardless but you can tell remind people right now if you want to
1: I just have Instagram my Instagram is uh Dawson Berneski nine all one word and it's really about it everybody everyone that is listening to
0: behind the cage go follow him but uh yeah for sure thank you uh thanks for coming on
1: man this is fun for sure thank you I mean it's been a long time in the coming like I know plan this for a while and I'm glad (laughs) we were able to I know, dude. We'll
0: have to do it again just in uh like shoot the shit about like MMA cars and just have fun with it. But we'll have to we'll have you back on for that purpose, definitely. i love it. I'd love it. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. All right, that will wrap it up. Thank you, Bruno. Thanks for having me,